Hey, it's Jay from Rhythm of Fear, and you're watching CMS TV. MyHappyDesires.com. Visit us at MyHappyDesires.com and add some toys to your toy box. Let your imagination be the guide to your stress relief. MyHappyDesires.com has everything for the perfect play night. Alone or not, you choose. Fuel your desires without breaking the bank. MyHappyDesires.com. That's brand new Queensland right here on your classic metal show from their latest release, Digital Noise Alliance, that is called Lost in Sorrow. That goes out to uh, our uh, Canadian friends, uh, Ernie uh, Hines. He says, uh, hey, guys, listening in Ottawa tonight while watching both Major League Baseball playoffs and National Hockey League, of course. Of course. Any chance you could play Lost in Sorrow by Queensryche off the new Digital Noise Alliance. Thank you. Wow. That's a digital guy there. He's got two baseball games and us on. Good for yeah. him. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's connected. He's connected. No kidding. Yeah. Well, we want to welcome uh, a guest to the uh, Classic Metal Show. Uh, this guy, apparently, uh, from what Chris tells me, he is like an Uber fan of, of uh, the show. And uh, he is a rock guy, and he loves music, and he loves uh everything uh, about the hard rock and metal world. And uh, he's involved with uh, sleazerocks.com. So uh, I want to uh, welcome our, our friend Ruben to the show. What's going on there, Ruben? Not a whole lot. Hey, listen, first of all, thank you guys so much for uh, being part of that uh, end of the year uh, podcast broadcaster piece that we did. Actually, it's one of the biggest pieces I think that I've done. And, uh, you know, you guys did all the heavy lifting. You know, I sent you those <laughs> questions and you guys uh, kind of banged those out. Um, you know, it'd be great to do everybody, uh, do some audio with everybody. But unfortunately, being that it, we were wrapping up the end of the year, it just wasn't possible. And thanks for being a part of that. And thanks for plugging it. And yeah, I think there was a con uh, conversation when you guys were bringing up that feature, something about uh, who owns the site. It, it used to be Skid, and right. I think he has uh, some kind of a financial arrangement with Olivier, who's the new guy that's running the site. Uh, at some point, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of my stuff featured on there. I even get sick of myself, I think. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I, I am a contributor. I do, like as Neely said, you know, like a lot of hard rock metal and been a fan uh, for, sheesh, decades. In mm -hmm. fact, uh, I think I've been more of a loyal uh, fan of the music, mainly because I learned English through listening to uh, hard rock and metal music, believe it or not. So um, there you go. And it's almost the tail end of uh, Latino Heritage Month, so I needed to crowbar my way into the show <laughs> somehow. But, uh, yeah, thanks so much. And, uh, you know, pleasure to be on here with you guys. And I am a fan. So I don't know if uh, Uber fan means uh, fanboy, maybe. I don't know. 
It means, it, it means you uh, you drive a, a cab and listen to us in your own car. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, you guys were just talking. I think Neely, or I mean, uh, uh, Chris was saying that he doesn't put very many miles on his car. I was just working on my Jeep today. It's got like a quarter million miles on it. So <laughs> there you go. So there's a nice contrast, huh? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, dude, obviously, man, you are you are associated with a lot of the um, the the metal news out there today, whether it's sleaze rocks right. or you know you obviously have connections to KNAC as well. Right. You contribute in in many places, so I, right. maybe that's a good place to start for people that don't know you specifically. Other than the only thing they probably know, you know, a lot of our fans will be that article. Right. Why don't sure, you kind of sure. catch people up to who you are and where where they would have seen you? Oh, geez. No, I'm, I mean, I think just a regular fan. And in fact, it, it's funny because it goes back to Metal Sludge. I remember back in 98, you know, on the message board, people go after each other and kind of, uh, you know, rail on one another. And I remember somebody said, you know, I forget what record it was, but it says, oh, that sucks. And I'm like, well, sucks doesn't really tell me a whole lot. What do you like about it? And what do you, and they're like, well, you think you can do a better review? Uh, you know, why don't you write something up? So it was, goes back to about 98 on that metal sludge, uh, sludge uh, uh, message board where I just started kind of drafting some reviews and stuff like that. And eventually, you know, uh, some of the sites that are now defunct, but uh, one that comes to mind is Pivotal Rage. You know, that was another Canadian-based uh, website. They gave me a shot, and, you know, I started, you know, publishing or putting on the Internet, you know, some of the reviews, and then that led sure. into interviews and stuff like that. So pretty much, I think, since about 99, I think it's been pretty consistent as far as doing reviews, interviews, and stuff like that. And sh uh, concert reviews, obviously. Perfect. Well, um, you know, what is it about this show that you like so much? I mean, uh, you no. know, we, we've, we've kind of morphed. I mean, we used yeah. to be pretty much a music based show, which was, you know, pretty much a majority of the content. And then it morphed over the decades into, you know, right. what we do now, a talk show with, with music added in right. as, as a uh, backdrop or as a soundtrack to the discussions we have. So what is it about this show that you like so much? Um, you know, I think just the, the, the free speech and you guys just, you know, picking random thoughts, uh, topics rather, and going with it. I mean, I'd much rather be on here now than following, uh, Biden who's in Portland, Oregon, a few miles down the way, you know, uh, you know, so stuff like that, you know, it does drift into some political stuff. And I think it's, it's, uh, you know, it's all in good fun. I mean, you can't agree with everybody. And uh, I may agree with you guys on some things, disagree with others, but, you know, I think you have to have a little bit of thick skin. And I think this is a, a great uh, show where you can hear varying opinions, you know, like on Motley Crue, uh, Generation Swine and shit like that. Don't tell me you're a pro Generation <laughs> Swine guy. Come no, on, man. No, are you kidding me? Are you <laughs> kidding me? No, I, no, 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 none of that. But, you know, so that's what I like about the show. It's just like you guys could go from, you know, you could have like Stevie Rochelle, let's say, for instance. And then next uh, thing is talking about some headline stuff. And then and then Judge Aiken. Uh, that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so. Nice. Anyway. Nice. Well, well, Ruben, um, you know, 
with um with sleaze rocks and especially since the change i mean we knew skid right. we knew mm -hmm. skid forever and i mean we used right. to do the sleaze rock song of the week mm -hmm. and right. back in the early days of of both sleaze rocks and the cms you know and it, it's obviously changed a lot i i honestly think that it's changed to a much more informative in a way, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I the way I see it, I look at sleaze rocks in the same way that maybe eight, ten years ago we looked at melodicrock.com for that style right. of music. I look, right. you know, melodic like everything was focused there, and you didn't see it on Blabbermouth, you didn't see it on mm -hmm. Brave Words, whatever. I know for me, I sleaze rocks is a daily hit for me because I go there to find out what um what the the former lead bassist of Badlands right. is doing, or the sure. you, you know, or or those kinds of bands, what what is it about that cider or about that style of music that leads you guys all there and to be focused so much on that that specific style of music? I think I think they've always made, had that commitment to that kind of hard rock, you know, uh, melodic, uh, you know, some stuff that's leaning more towards the glam end of things and they've kept it that way i know oftentimes i run stuff past them and you know I, i'm actually surprised that they've opened the door a little bit to doing stuff a little harder uh like you know exodus or um, mm -hmm. uh testament and megadeth you know and and i think that kind of fits because there are some folks that are into that that uh, melodic hard rock sleazy you know uh leaning type of music that are also into some of that old school thrash type music but yeah i mean they basically keep it to that kind of stuff i mean i i i always check the site because sometimes there's stuff on there that i didn't even know existed you know um you know they're like for example i think that band dangerous curves you know i mean i would have never known had i not even hopped on that on that site and checked it sure. out myself so um there's a lot of great music out there but then there's also a lot of like not so great music so i mean <laughs> I, I you know do i like everything that's featured on there not necessarily but there are some really great bands out there and that's a great way to discover that kind of genre and subgenre of music sure well and and you know the 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 interesting thing to me anyway, because I'm, you know, I'm in the industry a little and, and you probably get this, Neely, I know you get this as well with that specific style of music, you're going to get some bad bands because oh, yeah. there's unlike all the other, unlike every other genre that there is out there, there are more guys that are doing it out of the trunk of their car right. in that field. You know, there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot more little tiny, tiny labels that are putting stuff out that are not, you know, not distributing through the orchard and not just not, you know, don't have the money to do it, but they still do it because it's a passion. But a lot of times it's, they're putting out their buddy's band because they, mm -hmm. they're friends, you right. know, that is, how does that work for you? Do you guys, do you get music sent to you? Do you get like holics yeah. and stuff or whatever? And you just yeah. like, oh, this is shit or what? Well, you know, here's the deal. I mean, I think, uh, you know, when word gets out and even like some local area bands like Portland, Oregon, Vancouver, Washington based bands are like, oh, we're opening for so-and-so. And then they bombard your mailbox with a bunch of stuff. And it's like, Ooh. uh, you know, I think, uh, yeah, you get a bunch of stuff that's not so great. And it's typically those bands where 
where uh, let's say they're supporting a national act and the room's like, you know, quarter of the way full. And as soon as they're off stage, those people disappear. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, we get a lot of that. Uh, I get a lot of that. I mean, I guess I should just speak for myself because I don't want to, <laughs> you know, incriminate anybody else. But yeah, it's tough. And, and you know, I think oftentimes when you want to be nice about it, because, you know, I don't want to really throttle anybody. Um, if they're not great, I'll just say, well, maybe you should pass it along to somebody else. I mean, and, and sometimes people take offense to that, but, uh, you know, I think if they get a little bit pushy, I'll be like, well, not something I'm interested in, in, uh, necessarily writing about unless you want me to be honest about it, you know? Perfect. Well, Ruben here, here's a little walk down memory lane for, uh, Chris and I, Chris and I, as as Chris, uh, mentioned, You know, we, we supported Sleaze Rocks way, way, way back in the day in the, in the right. mid, mid 2000s. And here was our little uh, Sleaze Rocks uh, song of the week thing. Oh. Are we like going to do it? All right, I can tell you for a fact that is one hundred percent a Chris Aiken production. That is not (laughs) a (laughs) reason. That's awesome. That's hilarious. <laughs> Let's fuck. <laughs> fuck everything that moves. That's funny. That, that, that girl at the end just goes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Too man. Bad. Well, well, uh, Ruben, you're, you're obviously, um, active in the scene, man. Um, right. um, I know you went out and saw scorpions, um, yeah. recently, man. Tell us about that. Tell us where'd you see it and tell us about the show. Well, well, first of all, I mean, I think it's get like uh, I think I'm kind of at the point, eh, not at your level, but at that point where it's like, man, I'd rather get comped, the uh, you know, to go see a show, mm-hmm. simply because let me let me uh, just kind of preface this with, you know, it, you know, with gas being what it is, I don't know what it is at at uh, your neck of the woods, but here in uh, where I'm at, it's like five sixty nine a gallon, so Ooh. you're basically you know driving an old Jeep, you know cramming some uh, gasoline in there it adds up and then you get to the moda center in portland oregon you pay 30 bucks for parking you know all, already you're kind of like uh, what like almost 100 bucks in you mm-hmm. get through the door you go grab a couple slices of pizza and uh and a and a cold one that's 32 bucks with tip you know so we're already looking at like 132 bones right and that's right. without getting a t-shirt which i did Thunder Mother, right? A Thunder Mother nice. T-shirt and a Scorpions T-shirt. That's another seventy-five bucks or something like that. So I mean, look at that, man. Had I paid for that hundred and forty-four dollar ticket, that would have been yeah, five hundred dollar night. Yeah, five hundred buck, a five hundred dollar night. And it's just me, you know. So it's crazy, but yeah, I saw uh, Scorpions and uh, uh, Support Act Thunder Mother uh, last Sunday, which would have been what. Uh, I'm bad with dates. Ninth, ninth of October, right? Okay. Thunder Mother, great band. I don't know if, how familiar you guys are with them, but I almost compare them as a female 
uh, version of like uh, Airborne. You know, they kind of yeah. got that ACDC vibe. Uh, I might be sounding a little sexist. This eventually is going to be a Sleaze Rocks uh, interview, but this is going to be kind of the uh, unfiltered version. But I don't want right. to say they're like plus plus size Swedes that rock. I mean, really, I mean, they're great. They're, they're, they're fantastic. And they really basically focused on the new record, Black and Gold, if you've seen it, the last record, Heat Wave, and also the self-titled record. They got about uh, 10, 10, 11 songs in, you know, hit after hit with that man they they went over great and i was surprised that uh there was uh as many people in the seats by the time they went on i mean i would have really been bummed out had they uh hit the stage and played to an empty arena i mean i've seen that happen in portland oregon uh you know especially when it was the uh, uh priest saxon and black star writers black star writers by the time they hit the stage there might have been you know few hundred people in there it was a real bummer so uh thunder mother put on a great show i'd love to see him headlining you know i think uh after this run um uh, you know they'll probably be back doing some club dates which would i think would be great i'd love to see sure. an hour and a half of that um as you know uh white snake dropped off and you know right. they're they're kind of a given i mean i don't know why scorpions didn't to have a backup plan because Coverdale isn't very reliable anymore. You know, ever since he blew his voice out in Denver uh, supporting Priest, he's never been the same. You know, right. and and I don't think he'll be back. I mean, it's it's crazy, and uh, I know a lot of people said that's the deal breaker. I say you're crazy. You know, because Scorpion mm -hmm. still put on a great show. Thunder Mother. They only got, I think, uh, an additional two songs based on me uh, having a conversation with their guitarist. She says, yeah, we only got an additional two songs. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Because I think they could have done it at least 13, you know, 14 tunes. And I think they would have still went over well. But, you know, that's how it is. Um, Scorpions, you know, sound great, look great. I guess. I mean, you know, I think some of that, I think that look is getting a little old, you know, a 75 year old dudes in skinny jeans and sneakers. I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. And the hats, I mean, everybody's got a hat except Mickey D and the bass player. Um, but still they sound great. They probably did one too many tunes off the new record. They did okay. uh, gas in the tank. Um, Seventh son is great. You guys great live. Okay. Um, uh, they did Rock Believer, spot on. Um, I think the tune Peacemaker, man, what a snore fest that one is. <laughs> I, I would have pulled that out. Um, not great, not great at all. But, right. you know, you got all the cool stuff. You got Make It Real in there. You got the zoo. Oh, and then the zoo back to back with Coast to Coast. Okay. You know, I was just waiting for Michael Shanker to come out with his flying bee and pummel his brother upside the head. <laughs> because that's a shaker song come on but it's right. still great they pulled it off sounds fantastic bad boys running wild you know send me an angel oh my god and but a real momentum buster was when they went woke on the on when to change you know they get this ukraine spin to it they change the lyrics oh fucking awful you know i think with that they, you either pull it out or keep it as is because right. you know i want to hear it how i know it 
not some sanitized version. You know, and I would have rather hear, heard Still Loving You or Loving You Sunday Morning rather than this Ukrainian version of Wind of Change, which is not at all how that song was intended, to, the message behind it and what it was all about. So right. that, that's my biggest gripe, I think, was the fact that I was just sitting there going, wow, I'm not really into this. You know, and had I known they were going to do that, I probably would have left. I mean, it was, it was. Uh, was it the was encore? That, uh, no, it was like, uh, what was it? It looks like it was a 10th tune in the, in the set. So okay. maybe, maybe I was that word you guys like using, you know, offended. You know, <laughs> I, maybe I was offended. I don't know. But maybe they didn't want to offend anybody either in the process. But either way, either keep it as is or just take it out. You can always insert another hit. You know, yeah. Um, from there, we got Tease Me, Please Me, uh, you know, another one of those tunes that's basically, you know, about nothing, but it's fucking great. And it's they still sound great. You know, Blackout, Big City Nights. I think the one thing that uh, I've noticed on this particular tour is that they've had they have a lot of a lot of solos. And so, you know, there's uh, Matthias does a solo and then Rudolph does a solo and then you got the bass player and Mickey D doing the solo and then that leads into the Mickey D solo, um, which, you know, again, with Mickey, um, you know, the it's, drum solos are kind of passe. I mean, they suck. I mean, yeah. especially when you got some asshole in a roller coaster, you know, he's getting stuck or he's showing you his ass or his cock. You know, come on. I mean, who wants to see that? I mean, but Mickey D fucking kicks ass, you know, and he's a, a heck of a lot better than James Kotek, you know, who I've seen do his, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, solos and he's just hams it up. Mickey D, you know, slugs away, kicks ass and not cheesy at all. You know, I mean, yeah. it's real classic kind of drum solo. Um, and but it didn't really have any issue with that. I mean, drum solos, again, not not my thing, but that one went over pretty well. And I think all those solos are basically just to kind of give um, Klaus uh, a little bit of a breather. Dude still sounds great. And the only thing that I think was on tracks was the whistle on that the Ukrainian wind of change, you know, that he did. <laughs> right. But other than that, I mean, these guys are great. They still sound awesome, move around great. I know I, I was reading a lot of stuff and hearing a lot of stuff on uh, Ed Trunk's show where the guys would call in and they go, well, Klaus just stands in place. Now, this guy's moving around. It may be more of a shuffle, but, you know, he's still, he's still moving around the stage. So it's not like he's just standing in place like Kurt Cobain's carcass. You know, but that's how they make it sound like you. This guy's just not doing anything. He's still moving around pretty good. And I hope I move around that well when I'm like 70, whatever he is, two or three or whatever. Um, right. But all in all, I mean, usual suspects, again, no one like you and rock you like a hurricane. By that point, I was already probably halfway into the parking lot, pulling the hell out of the Moda Center, passing all the tent cities and on my way back to eastern Oregon where I belong. So there you go. <laughs> But uh, there you have it. There you got you guys got the unsanitized version of that review, which will eventually be on sleazerucks.com. Uh, I don't know how much edit, edit, uh, how much editing there'll be on there, but uh, 
Uh, I'm, I'm thinking maybe the Ukrainian stuff might be a little bit too over the top with them. So we'll see how it all winds up. But in any event, that's the Scorpions show. Well worth it. White Snake, White Snake wasn't missed in the least. Was it worth it as far as the cost? Was it worth 500 bucks? Uh, well, wait a minute. It didn't cost me 500 bucks, but for that, uh, let me put it to you this way. That weekend, I was at a wedding Saturday night out further east in eastern Oregon. We got back into town. I literally had enough time to just drop my shit off, get in my Jeep, and drive straight there. And I didn't fall asleep on the way there or on the way back, so I think, you know, it was well worth it. Because if it would have been a boring show, I think it would have probably wound up, uh, you know, at the side of a side of the road on a tree or a guardrail or something. But no, it was well worth it. I think it was great overall. Again, scorpions weren't missed, uh, or scorpions. White snake wasn't missed at all. So right. I think it was a great time, great value. And you know, Moda Center. I think at capacity is like 19k, and it looked like uh, you know, unless they uh, discounted tickets there towards the tail end, it looked pretty close to full. Oh, Which well, I was amazed on a Sunday night. Sure. Yeah, perfect. Well, um, do you find yourself going to a lot of shows? I mean, I mean, when when Chris and I were, you know, young, I used to live in L.A. Uh, from '85 to '91, and right. and there's there so many music oh, yeah. venues to go to at that time, and you know, this this style of music was very right. popular during that time frame, so. For me to go to two or three shows a week was not out of the question. Right now, now anymore, and I'm not sure because I've I've seen just about everybody ever wanted to see, and I've mm -hmm. been there, done that. I don't quite go to shows anymore. I mean, you know, not right. not only because of the pain in the ass of going, you know, right. and all the things you were explaining there about the parking and mm -hmm. having to you know, and all that. I just don't go to shows that often anymore. I mean, I get out and about sometimes, but do you go to a lot of shows? You know, lately, not so much. I know, uh, like I said earlier, you know, I, I prefer to be comped. Uh, you know, there's a few short shows towards the tail end of the year that I will be going to. Um, but you know, I mean, there were, there were a lot of shows that came through that I was like, eh. You know, it's on a Tuesday night, and I, you know, I know I have to be at work at eight thirty the next day, and you know, I mean, you go through that whole thing, and that, uh, you know, it's not going to sell out. But then at the same time, you're rolling out of work at five thirty, and you're like, man, I don't know that I'm feeling it. <laughs> I don't know if it's age or what, but I almost consider myself somewhat semi-retired from hitting shows. I mean, there was a time yeah. even pre-pandemic where I was going to like, like two, three shows a month. And now, you know, uh, I go back to February of 20, when the pandemic, dude, the shutdown was March in 2020, 2020. right? Yeah. 2020. Yeah. The last show I saw uh, was Blue Oyster Cult. What a hell of a show. And then there was just that huge dry spell until the fall, you know, hit one, two shows. And then after that, everything just kind of, you know, slowed down. Um, you know, when things opened up up here, I think I did get, kind of a little bit of momentum where it was like going to a couple shows a month. But even then I, I was really selective. I think in part because uh, like you say, uh, Neely, you know, you, you've probably seen everybody you're going to see and you've saw, you've seen them at, in, in, in better days. You know, I, I think I go back to, uh, you know, a few years ago, geez, it was more than a few years ago, but I know
Ruben is frozen. <laughs> Ruben is frozen. <laughs> he just went. He just. That's it. <laughs> and that was Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> you could leave his picture up there at the a rest. Cop, of the a cop, for, a cop, oh, a cop for that show, right? And uh, I got to see Motley opening up for the Rolling Stones, right? When do you see that? You know, them doing like a 45, uh, 50 minute set. And that was really special. Got a chance to see the Rolling Stones probably at a better time. I forget what year it was. It might have been 04, 05. But, uh, you know, I totally passed on that stadium tour. I mean, I'm not giving those guys my money. I saw them in, in 2015 in Portland, Oregon at that same arena, you know, mid-December. And they said they were going to be gone, and uh, they should have stayed gone. <laughs> Very true, man. Well, well, dude, um, tell me a little bit about um, about what you do with KNAC too, because I know you're, yeah. you're involved there. Well, that's crazy because I remember going to uh, Southern California as a kid. And I had cousins and uncles and aunts and stuff that lived down there. I'd always sneak, uh, you know, the radio and listen to KDC on the radio back when it was on the radio. Um, right. But, you know, fast forward a few years. I don't even know how many years I've been involved with KDC. But let's just say it's been at least seven, eight years. Um, and it's mainly been just doing interviews and stuff like that, you know, and, and that was just kind of one of those opportunities that just kind of popped up and I was like, well, sure. What, what the hell? I who wouldn't want to do something like that. Right. Um, sure. but it's mainly just doing content, you know, just doing some live reviews, uh, shows, uh, albums and interviews anymore. I haven't done a whole lot with album reviews. I mean, I could sit there and knock those out day in, day out, and, and I kind of get bored with it because I don't want to be kind of repeating myself. Um, but interviews are great. I think they're, they're, they're the thing to do. And I think in part is probably because of what I do for work, because it, you know, what I do is you asking some people some real tough questions. So then that that leads to being a little bit more tactful as far as how you approach something, right? Um, you know, you can ask something in a kind of a roundabout way to get the 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 answer you, you know, the their response or their answer without uh, being really blunt about it, you know. Hey, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, that, that's been my experience, and I think I go back to I go back to the old days of doing phone interviews, where you know you got somebody and it's they like give you like even if you do the open ended questions and they give you uh, one answer responses. I think one of the the worst interview I've ever done is with uh, Chris Barnes from Six Feet Under where I had, you know, a huge fan, huge fan, and still am a huge fan. And I've met the guy, and he's a super sweet dude. But, you know, on this particular day when they were doing press, or he was doing press for that, uh, for uh, for Six Feet Under, I forget what album it was, but, you know, I prepared these really great questions. At the time, it was all phoners, you know, it was all phone, and uh, the publicist was on the on the other end, and, and Chris was on one end, and I had these great questions. It was just like one answer responses, and I was like, oh, shit. So that was really cringy. You know, I tried, but what can you do? It sounded like he was doing some bong rips on the other end. And not only that, I get, after the interview, I get this uh, email from the publicist saying, I'm so sorry. And then, like, within five days, I get this box full of uh, Metal Blade merch, promo stuff, you know, as, a, as, a, as a, a, an apology. Hey, did I say apology? 
But anyways, <laughs> so I get it. This apology, uh, you know, this apology from the publicist and then this box of goodies. Yeah, I'm still a fan of the guy. But, you know, it's just kind of like uh, some of those things really suck. You know, when you mm-hmm. get those those uh, really kind of uncomfortable moments when it's like, oh, what am I supposed to do with this? You know, so that one never that one was never used because, you know, there was really nothing there to use. Dude, I have a few of those myself. I I have a rule, man. If they if if I can't get them going in five minutes, I'm done. Literally, right. and if yeah. if I start talking to somebody because I, I I purposely have a couple of questions that I ask at the beginning that mm-hmm. are not. Yes, no. That are definitely right. tell me about the record. Tell mm-hmm. me about the tour. Right. And if they're like, yeah, we're going out on tour. Right. Thanks so much. Right. Can't wait to see you. And good fucking bye. I'm yeah. out. I have a seven minute rule. If they're not right. going by seven minutes, I'm done. I'm just done because it, it's not worth hanging around. It's not worth hanging yeah. around and trying to reach for questions and doing the Oh, well, if, if you could go on a dream tour, you know, the, the right. dumb questions that you make up trying to find a grip, if they don't want to promote their, their shit, then fuck them. That's, right. that's my attitude. Well, maybe I should have had like a six minute rule for uh, Chris Barnes. Dude, I've had the same problem with Barnes. Barnes is right. not a good interview. And, and I, I'm like you, I love six. Feet oh yeah. Under. Fucking great. Absolute fan, absolute fan of Cannibal Corpse when he was in the band. So right. I, I, I love him as as a musician, but man, in an interview, he is he's tough. He's definitely yeah. if you can. There's two rules with Chris Barnes that I've done because I've interviewed him like ten times now. If if I have to do it late, I won't do it. If it's hmm. at six o'clock at night, I'm not going to bother because he's beyond stoned. You know, oh, yeah. he, he starts smoking pot the minute he wakes up, which is, you know, noon. So right. if I can get him at noon, I'm okay. If I get him at six, no, I, I don't even right. want to be bothered. And then the other thing is you've got to just play to his ego because right. he's got an absolute huge ego and he loves to talk about how great he is if you feed that. And that's yeah. the only way you can go into Barnes is, Dude, torment. This might be the best music you've ever created. Tell me about yeah. it. Now that he's ready yeah. to go. Yeah. But if you just say, "Dude, where does this rank in the in the SFU catalog?" I don't know. It's in there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. And and you know, like I said, I I met the guy kind of not interviewing him, you know, after a gig and he's a super nice dude. Yeah. Um, you know, talked about torture killer and all that stuff and you know, I mean, he he's like you're right. He's he likes talking about himself, kind of like what I'm doing right now. But you know, the one cool thing that happened about that is I did get a Chris Barnes bobblehead out of the publicist that I still have. Uh, nice. Eventually, I I hope to get signed, but you know who knows? He might clock me upside the head with it or something. But uh, we'll see. He might he might pack the head with fucking weed and smoke it. Oh, nice. <laughs> That'll be great if I'm crossing the border, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Ruben, uh, what uh, what uh, do you have coming up that uh, fans should uh, keep an well, eye on? You know, it's funny because I know you guys were talking about Joe Lynn Turner and him losing the wig and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I got a chance to talk to Joe Lynn, and I think I was talking about that uh, We Go to 11 uh, YouTube channel that my buddy has 
well, you know, he's trying to build this thing. So, you know, I'm kind of somewhat just kind of helping him out a little bit. But I got a chance to talk to Joe Lynn Turner, and he enjoyed it so much that uh, he asked for a follow-up. So we're going to do a follow-up, uh, yeah. and I think I'm talking to him Friday. So uh, that'll probably be more of a uh, discussion about his, uh, you know, history with, uh, you know, Rainbow, solo solo stuff, um, Deep Purple. You know, he did that record with Purple. Um and I think uh, probably talking about just some of his more current stuff, kind of like I think he's done Sunstorm and then also Rated X, you know, with Carmine Apiece. So uh, I'll probably hit him up on a lot of that stuff, but that's probably just going to go on that channel. I think I've gotten kind of lazy and, ah, man, I, don't, I just don't have the time to bang out these text for interviews, you know. Um, not because I don't think they're worth reading. I mean, I'm not – you know, tooting my own horn, but sometimes there's some good stuff that comes out of there, not by, you know, my doing, but more what the subject, uh, you know, uh, person of the interview is, is, is kind of disclosing. So, I mean, uh, but yeah, it's getting harder to do those, uh, text interviews just because, well, I can't find the time, you know, yeah. between, uh, working on that old Jeep and work and then, you know, raising three dogs, and then checking on three kids, you know, it's it gets to be a bit much. So right. uh, I hope to get some some new stuff going on Sleaze Rocks here, you know, in the next you know, month or so. But uh, you know, it's getting harder and harder. I think I think Chris has has a, a the, Chris's way is the way to go. Get those interviews out via video audio. You know, yeah. and you can just bang those out like widgets. That's not to say that you're not doing, you know, the work and stuff like that, but you can really crank those out. You know, oh, I'm not doing the work. Out. Don't worry. I'm not doing very much work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, man. You're a lot more uh, tech savvy than I am. That's for sure. So, <laughs> sure, man. Well, dude, um, I guess maybe maybe a good place to leave this, man. Where should we tell people to go to follow follow you and keep up with your work and your writing and all that stuff? Well, first of all, I guess Neely's going on the on the Kiss cruise, so you're going to have right. a blast. And hopefully, the bodyguard isn't going on that. You know, hopefully, the bodyguard didn't go. Don's bodyguard, you know who I'm talking about? That guy from Vancouver, Washington, oh, that cleans chimneys. You know who I'm talking about. Hopefully he's not making it on there. But have a great time and, you know, plant something in that guy's bag in case he is going so he doesn't make it on that ship. <laughs> no, I, I'm the bodyguard on this. Oh, one. that's – I'm clapping for Don. He came to his senses. <laughs> no, I, I'm the go-to guy for, for nice. Don. I'm Fantastic. Uh, Fantastic. Then. No, no need for that. So, okay. So going on and moving on to Chris's question, uh, you know, where they can follow sleazerocks.com, knc.com, metaltitans.com. I also do a little bit with metal Titans. These Canadians okay. are great people, except for that guy that wears blackface up there. Um, and then we go to 11, you know, the channel on YouTube and every now and then I do other stuff for other people, but those are the main ones. Okay. Perfect. All right. It sounds like uh, you're very involved, especially since you, uh, you know, mentioned you go all the way back uh, to uh, the the early metal sludge days as, yeah. as, as 
as Chris and I did. I mean, both Chris and I, before we even knew each other, we were involved with Metal Sludge. Yeah. Uh, very early on, I used to do the Metal Sludge song of the week uh, on this show. This was long before or before I even knew Chris mm-hmm. and, and before anybody knew who uh, Metal Sludge was, you know, yeah. and uh, we both Chris and I uh, were contributors to Metal Sludge quite a bit, as a matter of fact. So yeah. uh, what was your name on on it? You were what? I, Mick, I, Mick Dockin I, I, or something? No, no, no. I was all <laughs> I was I was wild Mick. Corey. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, I also did some stuff way back when for uh, Metal Sludge. Mine was Clifford Newstead. You know, I did some <laughs> reviews. I did some reviews, some album reviews, and it was Clifford Newstead. So uh, there's stuff out there somewhere. But yeah, I mean, Metal Sludge is awesome, man. Yeah, no doubt. I forget. What was mine? I was Ingve something, like Ingve Satriani or something. You know, I, I forget what it was, but it was something like that. <laughs> right. Nice. All Very right. good. All right, Ruben. Well, we appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to us since uh, you're a busy, busy family guy and, you know, you got to get your hands dirty and keep your old Jeep running and all that right. good stuff. So, so uh, go. Go, go check out Ruben's work at the various uh, websites he's mentioned. And, uh, well, as a tradition here, Ruben, I will let you pick a song to take us out of this uh, segment. So, so what I get to pick the suit, you know, I have to, I know you were saying some kind words about armored saint, but for me, uh, one of my favorite saint tunes, and it goes back to listening to that song on KNC way back when, uh, raising fear by armored saint, the song raising fear. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you know, armored saint, one of my favorite as I'm, you're, I'm sure you're well aware, Mm -hmm. uh, we play a lot of sane here on the show, mostly because I like it, but because our friend Sal in the chat room, he's a big armored saint guy and he, 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 uh, he binges armored saint. And I get these requests for armored saint almost every other week or so. So I don't mind playing it and, uh, we'll be glad to play it. So, um, go check out Ruben and let's see here. Here it is. Raising fear. Got it. All right, All right, well, we're going to play some Saint and take us out of uh, out of this uh, segment. So here it is. It's Armored Saint from the Rising Fear release with Raising Fear exclusively here. Where, Ruben? Well, on your classic metal show. Where else? Thanks for checking out this episode of the Classic Metal Show. Get all of our episodes uncensored at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Join us weekly from 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. Eastern at www.cmsradio.net. Participate in the live chat room at www.chatandkill.com. Once again, thank you for checking out The Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pal. And hand job. <laughs>